Welcome back, Outliers. This is Tyler Ardrin, your host of the Millennial Outlier Podcast. As always, Justin's with me. Justin, how you, how you been, dude? What's up, brother? Doing amazing. You know me. Best day ever every day. Oh, love that. So, um, yeah, it's just me and you, man, since the last episode. Feels episode like it's one. been forever, right? I know. Like, I know. Um, so, yeah, I figured on this episode, we could kind of summarize some of the key points in the last episodes that that we've done, key takeaways. Um, and, you know, we'll just touch on a little bit on each episode and really give the listeners an opportunity to, you know, if you hear like a, a thing that you were super interested in, um, go back and listen to that episode episode because there's a ton of great gems you know we're already on episode i think seven or eight mm-hmm. um it's flew by man don't, yeah, don't you think crazy it sure has it's i mean it's been such a cool journey remember we talked about the first episode 90 percent of people quit after the third one next 90 percent quit after the 21st and yeah. yeah we're gonna be at yeah 22 quicker than we know it crazy and faster now because yeah. you know we we just to give you a little um listener background on like where we've come so far you know i think we started in maybe march or something Sounds um right. we were originally doing one a month and we just got a ton of great feedback and you know uh people were asking for more which is crazy so um me and justin talked and we're like why don't we just do two two a month and every other week and we've been doing that now um i think the two episodes ago we started releasing two to a week and it's been going awesome yeah so that's definitely and and as a reminder as well so on top of doing the recaps we are going to end this with some networking do's and don'ts because yeah. uh, that's a big part of what tyler and i do and we know not everybody is you know comfortable or seasoned so you know hopefully we can give you some tactical guides and and takeaways for action that's just going to help your business and kind of make you more comfortable in those situations as well Awesome. So let's uh, let's get this thing started. So uh, episode one, it was just us. And we kind of talked about where we're going with the direction of the podcast. So I didn't really want to talk too much about that, being it was just us. Um, wanted to really more focus on, on our guests and stuff. So episode two, Unleashing the Power of Social Media, Faith and Business Coaching. We had our friend, um, mentor for the two of us and coach right now, um, Devin Denofa. Uh, we were joined by who's an entrepreneur, he's a realtor, he's a coach. Um, we talked, we spoke to the power of social media, um, the role faith plays in uh, in you know our lives, and uh, why having a business coach is essential. So, um, you know, what were your kind of practical takeaways that that Devin covered? You know, big things with Dev that I, I always kind of speak on is with his faith specifically and before i started my faith journey which was a big portion started because of him he would always tell me how like the bible was like the best book for not only life but for business i was always like dude what are you talking about (laughs) that is and then as i've gotten in the word more you realize that a lot of these lessons they are more implied for life but life and business are so parallel with just relationships and having proper foundations and it it is amazing how many things you can take from you know even now like i I thought i was supposed to read like you know a chapter right in the bible and you realize like sometimes you only need like a a couple lines might not even be the full verse right and there's just so much substance and the way it's written as well like you might have to check the the note side i have like the bible for dummies basically that like gives you all the history because you know sometimes you just don't know things but that and devin's like relentless taking of action yeah. Right. Like I think Devin is the epitome of you don't have to have like a concrete plan. You have to have a, a structured idea of what you want to do. But as you, we were talking um, in episodes before, like 
you have to take the action. You can yeah. go to all the seminars, you can read all the books, you can consume all the YouTube stuff. But if you don't actually take that leap of faith and start to do rather than just uh, digest, you know, you're never really going anywhere. It's like, you know, people uh, mistake um, like progress, like they're basically running on the treadmill. Like, yeah, you're moving, but you're not actually going anywhere. Yep. Like you got to get out there and actually move. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to that point with taking action, it's, um, you know, a lot of people get stuck in looking at every possible angle and what could possibly happen, what negative could happen. Um, whereas if you just take the action, you know, and get started, those things might not happen or they might. And if they do, you know, it's a learning opportunity. Um, you're never going to be able to hypothesize how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. You know, when whether it's you're starting a company, whether it's you're starting investing in something or, you know, whatever, you can sit there all day and try to think of, you know, what could go wrong. But um, the biggest thing is just getting started, you know, because you can spend five years on thinking what could go wrong. Um, whereas if you started five years ago, you have now four years of experience, you have four years of learning and, you know, all that good stuff. So, you know, that's kind of analysis through paralysis, right? And it's, it's one of those, I was talking to Gina about this the other day, actually, because I'm definitely an internal optimist for the most part. And Gina's a little no bit more on the <laughs> pessimist side, right? And I always say to her, I'm like, when you go through these things, the first thing you always think about is like the worst possible outcome. Yep. And for me, I'm the opposite. I think of like the best possible outcome. And you kind of have to know yourself and be self-aware of that because sometimes I have to dial back. Like maybe in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, the worst thing that could happen is this, which is the best possible scenario. And I have to know that, all right, maybe I should break that down a little bit and find some more risks in it. Where Gina's the opposite and like she goes to that worst thing. And I'm like, well, how about if you gave yourself a cap of like, here are some of the good things that could happen as well. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Like know yourself. If you're a pessimist, then you're all, you're going to go to like the craziest worst case situations. And you're going to convince yourself that that's what's going to come to fruition. Yeah. Remember, you know, the, the energy you put out there is what you attract. So if all you think is it's going to be a failure and it's, you know, you're, it's just going to be a money pit chances are it's going to be because that's the mindset and the belief you've put into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't, can't agree more. And it's even little stuff. Like it doesn't have to be starting a business or investing, you know, whatever million dollars into something. It's little stuff too. And, and Devin pointed it out with like, say social media, you know, um, being, thinking too much into a post, you know, yeah. or, or little stuff like that um, could, analysis is paralysis, you know, it could stop you from, from getting that next deal because you didn't put that post that that person saw, you know, and everything like that. Um, and I think just that, that biggest thing is, you know, taking action. Yeah. Cause so. people enjoy the journey, right? Like I, I was doing a business interview thing, uh, during the pandemic. Cause I was like, I don't want to call businesses and like cold call them and telemarket trying to get an appointment. Cause it's just everybody, there's all this craziness, uncertainty. So what kind of value can I bring? and just started on Zoom, just recording them with people, talking about why they started their business. And the first episode, I didn't know you had to click that like mirror my background. So like, like the opposite. Payday logo yeah, was backwards, yeah. my name was backwards. <laughs> yeah. And my wife was like, you can't post that. And I was like, the hell I can't. Yeah, why like, not? I'm gonna post it. And guess what? The second episode's gonna visibly be better. Right. The third episode, like, you know. And people, in all honesty, people probably like didn't even like think of that. Like I don't. Yeah. I watched all your videos. I don't remember that. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, and it's you just know? authentic. And, yeah. and anybody who caught it, it's kind of. It's probably funny. They yeah. laugh for like Justin, big dope. Like yeah, you know, yeah, they got yeah. click that button. But it was a learning process. Right? Yeah. It was something I had to go through and experience. And if I didn't take the action, I would have just sat there and be like, oh well, what if I don't do this? What if I don't do that? 
Right. So, right. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, moving on, episode three here, we have uh, one of my personal favorites, Mama's Boys. Mm. Um, and now, what we talked about here, we had, you know, obviously our mothers in, uh, Gina, my mom, and, and your mom, uh, Renee, Justin. Um, and we, we got pretty personal. We got vulnerable. We talked about, you know, um, thus them raising us and, and uh, experiences we've learned through them. Um, we've talked about we talked about uh, parenting, you know, successes in that um, as well as business uh, and their entrepreneurial you know, journey. So what, what are some of the key takeaways you got there? Man, that was, I mean, I feel like our whole lives are the takeaways from that, right? Yeah. Like we've learned what the example of a parent was from both of our mothers. We've learned what hard work, work ethic, just grit, what those were. Um, and just from their stories, like you, you kind of forget because there are parents, like some of their own struggles that they went through, whether we were too young to understand them. And it's just a reminder, like you know, my mother always loves to say, and I think she said in that episode of, you know, a lot of people see her life today and they're like, ah, oh, man, must be nice. I, I would want that. And she's always said, like, you can't just have today. You have to take off 54 years. Yeah. I think that's important. Always keeping a perspective because like we all have a story. We all came from something. We overcame something as well. I think too often we push all that to the wayside and we're like, ah, oh, no, I see him now. You know, I see Tyler, nice house, cool cars, doing these things. Like life's just always been a cakewalk and we discredit a lot of the work that people have put in. And I think that's really just seeing what our mothers now, right? Speaking of processes, like what 37 years and 31 years, 32, 32 <laughs> years of like that constant progression, like what, they've both accumulated like both of our moms kind of started in industries that weren't anything like great for them like my mom was in the restaurant industry I'm like a secretary yeah the secretary some random office yeah and they both were like you know what I'm meant for more than this yeah. and I'm gonna bet on me and I and I'm pretty sure I know, I'm sure our fathers had a, a play in that too we don't don't want to discredit <laughs> them but um those examples are probably what led us to have the entrepreneurial spirits that we do. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It was just super cool to do. Um, because I, I, I've never really done anything like that with, you know, my mom and it gave, a, you know, to your point, it gave a real look behind the scenes, um, of our dynamics and how, you know, why we are what we are. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, really cool. And to your point with that, I think it's a beautiful moment. Cause it's like, it's kind of part of all of our legacies now, right? Like that's yeah. on YouTube forever. Yeah. So that's like something like, you know, grandbabies, great grandkids, like they'll be able to see that. And especially them frozen in that moment of time. Right? It's so like, crazy. I never um, I mean, I think I've thought of that before, maybe. But when when you say it now, it's like yeah. that's that's just so crazy that um, like we weren't we weren't able to do that with our grandparents. Like, I don't know what my pop up, you know, who, who's not with us anymore. I don't know what he looked like when he was like, you know, mm -hmm. by other than like a 1950 photo that was like <laughs> crazy to see like yeah. it, you can't relate to it because you're like that looks like it was from a forever ago Absolutely. but like being able to go on like uh my social media you know my grandson doing it say and like looking back like it's so crazy yeah just it's like how often right do you get the info from the horse's mouth that's like, why everything so we've wild. learned about our prior generations has just been passed down and we've all played the whisper game right like yeah the, the whole message is construed by like the second generation because you know we embellish a little bit make people yeah. sound a little better than they were or maybe worse depending on our relationship with them and like we have that hour and five minutes just frozen in time that paints a great picture of at least where we were to as of today 
yep. and kind of what the story was to get us there. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's just going to be really cool 20 years from now, like looking Absolutely. back and be like, man, I remember that. Yeah. It's people, I, I think it's something people should do. It's up there with like writing a book, yeah. right? Like it's something that nobody can ever take away from us. Right. Right. Crazy. But yeah, that was one of my favorites. So uh, moving on to the next one, uh, episode number four from hashtags to influence. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make this one because I was in a meeting. Um, but I, of course, I've listened to it. Um, I wish I was here because, uh, you know, there's so many awesome gems and um, Matt's a really cool dude. But um, yeah, this one was about uh, social media influence. And you talked with, you know, Matt, um, Mike Rourke. Uh, who's made a name for himself in the social media world uh, from the, you know, the barbecue and being on TV and um, just a really cool journey and uh, super cool I, to, for me now to follow him because I didn't follow him before. Um, and, you know, seeing his stories of everything he's doing and all the success he's having is really awesome to see. But what were, you know, your key takeaways being here in person with him? Well, for him, it was honestly, it was like just something you're passionate about to share it with the world. Yeah. I mean, I love his story of like his father-in-law just like dropping off, yep. you know, the the little like portable uh, grill, grill. Thing, whatever it was, yeah. And like his father-in-law had no it. idea that yeah. it was going to like change his life forever and the trajectory of the family. Um, so I love that and kind of his how he somewhat downplayed like how the production like it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you don't need just you know, ten thousand dollars where yeah, it was like phone, a, a decent microphone for sound, yep. and then an editing tool that you'll use, which he was using InShot, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but it's cool to see now, just because of what he's done. So we kind of teased uh, what he had coming up, and their Embers TV is now live. So make sure to check that, that out. Super um, cool. Yeah, it's going to be its own social media platform for you know chefs of all you know, strategies and social media influencers. Um, so it'll definitely be something worth watching. But what I thought was even cooler, if you've kept up with them, so Matt was a gym teacher uh, in the, the Washington Township School District. And just with you know, his buzz, notoriety, passions, uh, they switched him over, and he's now the head of the culinary arts department. Which oh, wow. I, didn't know I that. thought they got rid of most of that stuff. Like that's yeah. usually like home economics, like the stuff that we kind of had when we were growing up. Yeah, even usually that's the budget cut. Yeah, and like yeah, wood shop and yeah, absolutely. And Matt is now in that role with Washington Township, and of course because of is his channel teaching, partnership. Is he still a gym teacher? I don't believe so. I wow. think he's he's strictly doing that now. And his like back to school post was you know thanks to a lot of his channel partners. He was literally coming with like all this cool gear and like contraptions God, and all so these cool. different tools, you know, to help these kids. Cause hey, it's like it doesn't hurt to know how to cook, right? Like it's very yeah, important. Seriously. And yeah, the grilled chicken, that's about it. Yeah. And, and B, like you might kids who just aren't into the typical academics, like this is something that's now gonna speak to them and they can see, like, wow, I could actually create a career path. If I follow the blueprint that and Mr. Bork's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I got to be a chef at some crazy five-star restaurant. You know, you can go out on your own like he's done and made a name for himself. And, you know, he he, he didn't really have that that background to your point with the, his father-in-law or, or dad, whatever it was, dropping that grill off at his house because he didn't um, – he, he got it for himself and he never used it. So he gave it to him. And, you know, he just starts learning it. He starts reading, watching YouTube videos he was talking about and – you know, really found that passion for it. And, um, you know, he, he didn't 
like go up and go get a job at Chipotle afterwards. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm going to do this my way. And um, that's something that we're fortunate to have now with social media and, and all that stuff that you can do that. Yeah. And also yeah. his, his uh, when he was talking about kind of the, the investment or the sacrifice, however you want to look at it. Uh, but he was saying like how his wife would like give him flack all the time for being on his phone. And like, yeah. you know, when you first start with the social media, like we were just saying with Devin, it's like you, you do overanalyze and you overthink. You're like, ah, I think the verbiage should be. Um, and he was like, he would always, though, like share the dream of like, this is one day like my phone and this content is going to like change our lives. And like, yeah. and now, you know, his wife, who was a principal, isn't you know, working anymore. She gets to be with the kids yeah. and he's able to provide for his family and, and shoot content and profit off of it almost yeah. all the time. Yep. And it's like. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to witness and just see how he continues to develop that and be so much more than just, you know, an influencer or a content creator. Yeah. And that's, you know, being able to um, being open to finding that passion, mm-hmm. you know, is super important, too, because there's so many people in, in life that never really find that um, because they're not, you know, open to it. Um, whereas, you know, he learned it, found it and acted on it. Um, and it, it's really cool to see. And you could tell, you know, that passion's there just by the way he talks and, and presents himself on social media, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. all right, moving on to uh, the next episode we got here, episode five. Um, this was, I mean, I, I keep saying it, but this was another one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, Flipping Fortunes, Real Estate mm-hmm. and Entrepreneurship. Uh, myself and you chatted with our good buddy, Mario Lancioni, who is a real estate investor, you know, over a hundred doors he owns that's uh, on the rental side, flips multiple um, a month. Uh, and we dove into the world of real estate, the mindset needed and how he navigates the highs and lows of every market. As we know, the real estate market, you know, fluctuates so much. Um, but this was a great episode for really anyone that's interested in real estate and getting into real estate. Um, being that, you know, you really just have recently gotten into it. Uh, what takeaways did you, you know, grab from it? Honestly, just the, you know, a kind of realizing that you kind of, you have to be an expert and like obsessed with real estate if you're going to be successful. Cause to your point, it's just, it's a living thing. It's constantly changing. But with Mario, I was you know, kind of knowing, you know, what's a good amount of cash to have to start. I didn't realize the importance of like the credit score for different financing options. You know, the Burr method, it was great to hear him talk about that and just, you know, kind of recycling the funds to continue to invest. Um, and for him, like having constant structure, I was very impressed by like processes. He has so many, like the two of you were like geeking out with the processes, <laughs> but it is, it's such an important thing because. You know, years ago, you didn't really have to have the tightest processes in your business and people were just crushing it. We had the bull economy going. And, you know, since the pandemic, things have gotten a little tighter and you really see business owners exposed if they don't have good processes in place. Yeah. And we talked about the E-Myth, I think, and during that one where in that book they talk about it. It's not like getting A players that makes your business successful. It's having amazing processes that allow C players to have A results. Yep. And that was probably my biggest takeaway with him was it sounds like he could plug even my ignorance into his program. Here's a and I could be, yeah, and I could be like a high performer through yep. him. Yep. And I, yeah, I think another p- uh, part that plays into that is um, just with, you know, being able, people uh, learning, and we've talked about this in, in prior stuff, but being able to, you know, learn this type of stuff and uh, like investing in everything online and then acting on it. Um, what that does, though, is create a bigger pool of people doing it. 
And then um, what that does is create, you know, bad players, so to speak. Um, and, you know, processes, for example, is something that kind of sets him apart, you know, from other investors and everything. And it's why he's successful in, you know, what he does. And what I really took too from it is, you know, just because I'm in the world of real estate and I talk to hundreds of people about it, um, you know, you have those two kind of people, right? You have the one person who, you know, right now it's not the greatest of, of markets with real estate. Um, and you have people who complain about it and, you know, use that as a reason of why they're not successful right now. Um, or you have people like Mario, who we talked, you know, an hour with, um, and I talked to him, you know, on the side too, who's never once said anything about like a bad market or mm -hmm. anything like that. He's still super successful. He is super successful. Um, and I don't think it's like a coincidence. And especially, you know, I see it firsthand with my mother. Um, who's, you know, runs a brokerage in that, you know, and she said it in a video too. Um, you know, it's you who who needs to act on. So like, what are you putting out there into the world, right? Like, are you keep saying, oh, the market's tough. There's no, you know, there's not enough listings out there. I'm never, I'm never able to help my clients. Or are you finding creative ways to help your clients, you know, get those offers accepted or whatever it is to help your client find that investment property? Um, you know, it kind of back to that. And, and I think, you know, that's important in your mindset. And uh, that's really what stuck out to me is such a positive mindset mm -hmm. and never once blaming something on, you know, oh, well, I had to because he brought it up. He had to sell like 50 rental properties or mm -hmm. something because he wasn't making enough cash flow. He could have blamed the market and said, you know, oh, well, rent values down and this and that and this, you know, instead he said, no, I made a mistake in my processes. I wasn't getting enough cash flow. So I had to exit that and, you know, reevaluate how you know, we do, we do things. Yeah, no, you're right. It's the Tony Robbins, you know, where focus goes, energy flows, right? So yeah. to your point, if, if it's, everything's just bad, you know, all you're putting out there is the bad energy. And one other thing actually that I wanted to highlight that he brought up, I loved when he talked about like selecting his mentors, how he needed yeah. to hear the pain in their voice. Yeah. Because I think too often, especially nowadays, we talk about this, everybody's a coach, right? And most people don't do, do their due diligence on the coach. And you have somebody who's only made money through coaching. They've never built anything. They've never had, you know, the pain point that you're going through. They've just like repurposed Tony Robbins or they've like things that they've digested. They just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're just very charismatic. They can kind of get you on board. But, you know, the fact that he was like, I wanted to know in their track record that an issue I have now is something they overcame. I think that's a, a gem that a lot of people should take when looking for, you know, that mentor, because it's the difference between we talk about like seeking the opinion compared to seeking counsel. Yep. And he's doing that properly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a common um, denominator of, you know, all these episodes, right? Devin Denofa is a coach, also mm -hmm. has paid thousands of money to coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, both our mothers, mm -hmm. been to Tony Robbins events, you know, three ain't cheap. Yeah, uh, it's like <laughs> a six-figure uh, coaching Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, episode, right? We And we just go down the line um, of Mario, same, same idea, mm -hmm. paying thousands of dollars. We're going to get here shortly to um, Matt Brenner in, you know, in the next episode, right? He, he mentioned he spent, I think it was like 60 G's in the period of like three years on coaching. Like, mm -hmm. so these are very successful people that we've had on, you know, Mario, for example, over hundred doors. Mm -hmm. You could say, oh, he made it. Why does he need to pay a coach? But these are people just like ourselves who want to continue to grow, find that mentor, um, take different perspectives, you know, always looking to grow as opposed to knowing what you're doing because you're already successful and, you know, kind of being stagnant. 
I think as high achievers, there's that it's a gift and a curse of never being satisfied. But it's not that we're not (laughs) grateful or, you know, blessed or present with the success that we have. It's that we're around enough people that we realize, like, there's so many more levels. Yeah. So even to where we both think we are now, like I was I just made a post about this for my birthday was that. Yeah, I really wasn't excited to celebrate this year. You know, when I was like looking back at the year, I felt like 35 and 36, I'd built so much more momentum and like had won huge Super Bowls, like losing the 80 pounds, you know, like starting the faith journey and and starting to do those Masogis where I'm doing something crazy each year. And this year I was like, you know, I definitely took a little bit of a step back on my health. Um, and I put about 20 pounds on, so we're dialing that back in. Um, you know, I really felt like I had grown in my relationships. So, you know, better father, better husband, better friend, better community guy. And then I looked at it, I was like, well, you know, we started the podcast. That was something that was completely different. And, yep. you know, we're building a lot of traction with. Started the TV show that I'm on, yep. you know, and then had other ventures and things that were out of my comfort zone. And I realized that I was like, you know, the one part of my brain that's never satisfied is like this year was a, a loss. It was a failure. But the other side of my brain, which thankfully a lot of social media, like, a lot of nice messages that came from people. People sent me videos, texts, whatever. And I needed to be reminded from the outside what people see in me and what people have received from me, what they get from the things I put out to realize I'd made more impact than I gave myself credit for. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like you said, it's a gift and a curse. Mm -hmm. Um, The same, you know, we're always going to be hard on ourselves. Uh, and that's the reason why we go get coached. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why we pay people money to to do it is because we're like, we're not doing enough. Yeah. But from an outsider's perspective, you know, we look like we're doing a ton and, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. So, you know, it's just about always, always being willing to grow, always being willing to ask somebody questions, um, always being we- willing to take someone's different perspective, whether you agree with it or not, mm-hmm. um, because you don't know what's like going on inside that person's head. And, um you know, you always got to be just willing to learn because if not, you know, you're going to be stagnant and you're just going to coast through life and you're not going to have success. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be willing to learn to have success. You have to, because you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to get to that next level. You're just going to coast, you know, on on cruise control. So couldn't agree more. All right. So episode six from pies to profit, the entrepreneur's journey. Uh, We had our good buddy um, Joe on uh, and um, he went over facing challenges in his youth. It was a um, really crazy story that he got into about, you know, his upbringing, um, how he made it to where he's at now of owning multiple pizza shops, uh, was doing wholesaling or still does a little wholesaling. Um, And it's just, you know, really a story of grit, determination, family, and um, just, you know, a sheer will to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what did you take from that? I mean, honestly, the opening line that I had kind of used with him was, I think he is the epitome of, you know, your your decisions, not your situation, you know, define the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who lost his father at 14, was, I believe he was the second oldest of seven siblings. Yep. Um, you know, mother was kind of trying to figure it out as he shared, like she didn't really have a great career path. <clears throat> wound up by like, getting in with Wawa and over the last 25 years building herself into like a an integral part of what Wawa's corporate side is. And, you know, just going in and out of the juvenile detention centers, it was impactful to hear when he kind of shared that he was at like that boot camp style thing. And one of the like instructors was basically like, dude, like I see these people all the time. And like, 
why are you here? Like, I don't see the evil in you. And to kind of, you know, what I was just saying about sometimes we need that outside perspective to remind us, like, you're just making bad decisions right now. Like, yeah. you, you're responsible for everything that happens to you. So straighten up, like yeah. walk, you know, the tight and narrow road and do the things that you know you should do rather than doing the easy things as you were alluding to. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. There is no stagnant. There's no staying the same. You either get worse or you get better. You win every day or you lose the day. It's it's black and white. Yeah. And yeah. that was to see how he had like overcome all of that and create, because as we were saying earlier, a lot of times we we take credit away from people because we assume if you look at Joe now, like I said, they're going to nice dinners. They go on these nice vacations. They have real estate. They have the pizza shops. And you're like, oh, man, my life must have been good for Joe. And then yeah. you hear that and you're reminded that, man, if he can overcome that, why am I letting this limiting belief or this story hold me back? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And really to, to overcome that, you know, back to what we were talking about, he, had to be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And he went into a ton about that, you know, all the different books he, he read um, to get him to where he's at, uh, you know, having conversations with, with different coaches and mentors. Um, he had to be willing to do that, you know, where he would have been stuck in that, that, you know, that trench or cesspool, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but he pulled himself out of it, you know, with his will and being able to educate himself and being willing to educate himself, you yeah. know, and as he had mentioned, standing on the shoulders of giants, right? That was yeah. like a big line he used. And I love how he brought faith into that because I kind of, you know, when I have my daily prayers, part of what I pray for is that, you know, God brings people into my life that I can help. Mm -hmm. But some people also bring people into my life that can help me. And it sounds like that was really what Joe, because he said, he was like, I don't always understand, right? Like how often do we meet somebody who the first meeting doesn't really click as to why, but then you spend more time with them, you get to know their backstory, and you're like, That's ah, right. this is why you were brought into my life. The, this is where we're supposed to help each other. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 100 percent. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that episode as well. And like I said, I guess it's a common theme because I keep saying it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I might be biased. Yeah. So uh, episode seven, which was our last one, uh, kicking it up a notch, uh, building a karate empire with Matthew Brenner. Um, Matthew Brenner uh, is behind Action Karate's multiple studios. They're a um, franchisor. Uh, also, he um, consults other uh, karate studios um, across the country on how to be successful, how to convert leads and all that good stuff. With also websites. Um, but uh, he went into the process of being a fr franchisor and uh, a lot of good takeaways from, from that episode as well. What, um, what did you take away from that? Honestly, with him, uh, even though it's not exactly like what we talked about, but how important it is to be a good communicator. Like yeah. Matt is a very good communicator. We said like the flow of that podcast was one of the best because he also does one. He's very curious about things, yes. but he was also, I loved hearing like another process guy. Like he was yeah. all about the systems, keeping things tight, helping his brother who had already built some success. It sounds like literally blow the roof off the building. Yep. And it's just, you know, I think with him, he's kind of the example of, a lot of times we don't kill our ego in business and we, we refuse to hire that person who has the different mindset or the different skills because we think everything we do is the best. Yeah. And he literally, I'm sure obviously being your brother, you're going to give them a little bit more, uh, you know, rope, so to speak and leeway. But I'm sure at one point his brother was like, why do I need you? I have seven or eight gyms. Like right. I'm good. I'm, I'm building this. 
and to see, like I said, that they've gone into this whole other route and they've opened up the consulting side and they're doing you know, the website conversions. It's just you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And that's why it's beautiful to have, again, people with different strengths and skills than you do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's super curious, super good at holding a conversation and, and asking questions and um, very, uh, I don't know the word, but I guess charismatic, yeah. you know, um, when high energy, <laughs> yeah, high energy. Um, but also like not the high energy guy that you're like, that dude's on something. Like mm-hmm. he's like coming at me with sales and all this stuff. Yeah. Like he's very good at asking the question and then kind of stepping back, but then bringing it back with, with that energy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there was a ton of takeaways in, in that. I just listened to it recently. Um, and you know, I didn't know that much about that whole, the whole franchise model mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he kind of went in, went into that and that I forget what the word was, but the difference between not like trademarking, but, um, whatever the word is to where they can use the rights to your name, but they can't, um, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then he went also into being what the difference is between that and then being a franchisor, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I, I don't, I really didn't know nothing about. And, I, um, you know, I kind of gr- grasped a little bit about, you know, how that model works and, um, super interesting. And, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have, uh, I guess you gotta have some balls to to be able to, yeah. you know, do something like that. He's got like thirty studios, you know, in the area, so yeah, pr- pretty crazy. And again, kind of like you said, I mean, the, the common theme in almost all of these episodes, we've all invested in learning from others. Everybody was an athlete to some extent, so yeah. for those True. who like are afraid to get your kids involved in sports, look at just every person that I've personally had on. We have met on either basketball court, football field, you know, golf course. So there is something about just the proximity of being around people. And again, it's there's the camaraderie of sports, there's the competitive nature of sports, there's the discipline, there's all the things that translate to business. Yeah, the grit, all of it. It's, you know, like Deion Sanders says, like most kids today just practice to practice. Yeah. Right, like we're learning that we have to have ambitions and goals when we show up every day. We can't just go through the motions. We have to have this bigger picture in mind that we're working towards. And Coach Prime talks about every time I stepped on the field, I was practicing to be the greatest. Yeah. And I think that's the mindset we both bought into is how do we, and all these people we've had on, is how do we become the greatest in our industry? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the greatest version of ourselves, yeah. more importantly. Yeah, 100%. And uh, back to, you know, just educating, being willing to be educated and you know, all that good stuff. So I, th- I thought that was a great episode as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the recap we got for for everybody. It went by quick and, you know, yeah. a, lot, a lot of lessons learned. And um, definitely if you, you caught something there that we you summer, that we summarized, um, you know, look back at their episodes. We're all we're on all the platforms. So, you know, feel free to check out one of those episodes as well. Um, Cause we go, you know, really in more in depth, a full hour into whatever, you know, those topics that we went over are, so. Yeah. So let's go, let's move on to um, networking. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me personally, about 90, and I brought this up before, about 90% of my business comes from word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a big chunk of that's networking and relationships I've built and, and everything like that. Um, and I know you're kind of, you know, similar on, on your front, but um, why don't we just go into a little bit about uh, how you got started with networking? Because I've been, I've been doing it since we opened really, I guess, 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, so I, I guess go, going back, 
you know, you meet so many different people and um, there's a handful of people that have been with, you know, that I've been networking with for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, though, uh, I feel like I've been networking with you for 10 plus years. But um, every time, like, because sometimes you'll bring it up, like, oh, I just got into sales in this year. I think it was like 2019 or something. Yeah. And like, it blows my mind because I feel, <laughs> I don't know why, but because I feel like I'm like, oh, I feel like I've known Justin for like 10 years, you know, doing the network. And so obviously you're, you know, doing something right. But you know, what, what got you into networking and what's been your journey with it? Yeah, so the networking kind of just fell into my lap. I mean, I've always, again, been curious. I love to talk to people. So if you're in my proximity, I've probably struck up a convo with you. And those are kind of those natural abilities that I didn't realize would serve me later. Um, but I, you know, when we were going from me kind of transitioning, people my whole life were like, you should sell, you should sell. But when we started the business, they needed me in the operations. So that's what I learned. And I learned that that is not my strong suit, but <laughs> I did well enough to kind of get us through the first eight years. Uh, but the first event I went to was a Jersey Man event. So, you know, one of our prior salespeople that had left us, he was a member, you know, really through us. And I was like, oh, I, I met Ashley um, Dunnick at one of the, the Y. I used to do like a three-on-three basketball tournament. I showed up. You know, did well. We actually lost in the championship for that. And Ash was like, oh, you should come out to an event like you guys are members. So I went out and, you know, the first event I go to, there's like 250 people in the room. And I was like, whoa, oh, like I, yeah. Yeah, I, I love to meet people, but it is overwhelming yeah. when you feel like you don't know anybody and you're just like walking into this room. So I just started to pick people off and think, I was like, all right, this is going to be overwhelming. People are standing in circles. Yeah. You know, it's kind of tight. It was at the Chickie and Pete's over in, uh, in Philly. Philly. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty packed with 250 people in there. So I was like, what is the easiest way that I can still have like a good intimate conversation with somebody without being rude? I was like, stand at the bar. So that's literally what I did the entire night. My first time I sat at the bar. And anybody, again, that was in proximity in front or behind me in line, just strike up a conversation with them. And I started to learn through time of like the quality of questions that you ask, you know, the quality of answers you'll get. And did not ask the typical, like I think we've talked on how's previous business? ones. Yeah. How's business? Or, you know, what do you do? Like, yeah, that's yeah. literally one of my pet peeves. Like, of <laughs> all the questions you could ask me, like, that's 10% of who I am. Yeah. You know, yeah right. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of how it, it, the journey started for me. And I really just found that adding value into every room that I walked into it, it was never a sales thing. There's That's my other pet peeve. When you like sell me, when we first meet, I'm like, you're already like, you're yeah. cut. You're not gonna be on my email list. I'm probably never gonna invite you to anything because that's literally, you're, you've showed me your agenda. You're only here to get something for you, not to give anything back. Yeah. Um, but how about for you? So that you've been doing it way longer than me. So what what forced you to get outside of the office and yeah. actually start showing up to events? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um. So I never I never had an insurance background. Um, and I started with uh, our parent company, SmartVent uh, Foundation FloodVent. And um, one of the things I did was, uh, or what we do is sell through education. So like I would do CE classes and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, that was doing good. Uh, and I still do that because I definitely get business from it. But um, I wanted to do more. <laughs> so yeah. I um, literally Googled how to get business as an insurance agent because um, my parent company didn't really network. Um, we sold through education. It's a building um, product manufacturer. So uh, not really a reason to network. Um, so, and I, I didn't work in any career before that 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 um, had to do with like networking or anything like that. Uh, I was always in like a retail type environment. So like I wasn't going out to get business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I did have experience uh, as a um, financial sales consultant with a bank um, in uh, my, like when I was like 18 to my early 20s. And um, I was in an in-store uh, branch, which is uh, like in a supermarket. So I was in like a shop, right? And um, what really helped me was I was in the, I was top sales in the region. Um, I was on track to become a branch manager. And uh, one, one of the reasons I was top sales was because like I would just walk around the supermarket and strike up conversations. Like mm-hmm. I would see someone like looking at Fruity Pebbles and like I make a joke like, ah, Fruity Pebbles, eh? <laughs> and then they're, they'd like kind of laugh or something. They'd be like, yeah. oh, my name's Tyler. And yeah, I work over at PNC or whatever. So um, that was like an easy thing for me. And I, I learned that, you know, as an 18 year old talking to like 50 year olds looking at cereal. <laughs> yeah. um, so I just Googled it and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to join Chambers because it says to join Chambers. And that's what I did. Um, you know, I'm going to do whatever, uh, go to these real estate events and do this and do that. So then I just started going, um, started meeting new people and everything like that. And um, then people would, you know, reach out to me and want to set up one to one. So I was like, all right, that's what we got to do. Once I meet people, I got to set up a one to one. Um, so I kind of just learned it by other people doing it with me. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, I you know, that that went probably about four years, I'd say. So 2014. Now we're at 2018. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, you know, I just would watch and, and everything at, at these events and I would go to people's events and I'm like, you know, it, um, everybody is like thankful for the person who throws the event, like mm-hmm. whether it be the chamber or whether it be Jersey man, everybody goes up to Ashley, awesome event, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, why don't, you know, why don't I just have them thankful for me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, why don't I just start throwing my own events? Why don't I, to your point, bring value by, you know, joining the YPN board and helping throw events and, you know, doing all these different things, throwing my own coffee meetings and, um, you know, doing my own things. Uh, and, you know, that's what I kind of did. And then I was able to bring people more together from a larger scale as opposed to me meeting someone in the one, which I still do, meet someone yeah. in the one-to-one and introduce them to people. I, you know, I always make sure to do that. But now I'm able to do it with 50 people at a time, you know, on a monthly basis. So that's kind of was like my next level of, of bringing value and everything was, you know, now transitioning to doing my own things, using those other platforms as kind of a feeder system to, you know, grow my network, but help grow my network's network. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I, I went from there. And um, yeah, you know, like I said, 90% of my business is from that. I still do events my on my own. I kind of scaled back on um, some of the events that I go to only because, um, you know, it was becoming, it became a little bit redundant of the same mm-hmm. people and everything like that, which is, you know, good forming relationships and everything. But um, also you got to kind of weigh your time and, and all that stuff. And that's the the one thing too with networking is um, you got to network definitely to, to get business, but you also, there's like a fine line of like, you know, doing it too much kind of thing to where you're not seeing like the benefit, you know, directly. And um, you got to always like be willing to change, always be willing to like weigh your time to, you know, how much it's worth and, and everything like that. Because um, in the networking world, you can easily fill up your time with, um, you know, wasters of, you know, this, uh, you know, this financial advisor or whatever wants to meet me for a one-to-one. And to your point, he's a sales guy. I know I'm not going to get nothing out of it. Like what's, why am I going to do a one-to-one just because he's reaching out or, you know, right. whatever. Um, so you got to be able to to gauge your time and, and see where, where it is in the tank to, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. But- I would say in a few like tactical takeaways for folks, especially if you're newer to business development and you're doing that, you know, I would definitely I always say to folks, like if you're nervous going into the room, 
first thing is show up early. There's nothing yeah. better than being one of the first people there for two reasons. One, you get to know the people who are hosting the event. Usually they have their table set up with the sign-up sheet or you know, with the name tags, whatever it is. And they know everybody who's going to be in attendance. So if you sit there, you know, maybe help them set up, you know, you're already going to be on a good foot with them. They're going to help make some intros for you to ensure you enjoy the event. But two, rather than walking, like I said, my first time, I'm habitually about 15 minutes late to everything except for you know meetings and, and meals. Uh, but for <laughs> meals. the networking thing, yeah, I typically am a few minutes late. And when that happens, when you walk into a room of 250, like I said, it can be a little overwhelming where if you're in the room as one and then five and then 10 and then 20, it just makes it easier to break the ice. Yeah. Two would be, like I said, uh, using the the bar method of standing in line at the bar. There's always people that are thirsty. So people are going to be standing there. You got somebody in front and behind and it's easier to break that ice with them. If you can you know, bring a little value, the nice thing is, is then they're probably there with somebody they know. They're going to introduce you to them and it expands. One thing I always struggled with that I'll help uh, a little fun fact is breaking the conversation. Sometimes you get like stuck in that and you're like, all right, this really isn't going anywhere. And I found that you have to empower other people. You thank them for their time. Let them know I had a goal of meeting four or five people tonight. You know, is there anybody in this room that you think I should get to know? So now you're kind of putting it back on them. You know, you're acknowledging the fact that you appreciate the time they spent with you. And you're also now asking them, hey, who's in your network, who's also in this room that it might make sense for me to know. Cause I am the worst at Irish goodbyes. My wife hates me for that. I got to say goodbye so to everybody. Yeah. It takes me 30 <laughs> minutes to leave anywhere. Cause I just have to shake hands, kiss babies. Yep. And that was something I would catch myself in these conversations. So I tried to be more aware and I, and I found that. Um, but to your point too, I think, it's great to go to these big events and see people. You do after a while again, you, you find a lot of the card pushers who are just there to hit their metrics. But doing the private events, I think, is the game changer, especially when they're more intimate. You know, we do our private monthly cigar events yep. and we hand select people. So I go in with partners. Um, I think, you know, the coffee thing I know you do solo, but a lot of your other things you'll collaborate with people. Yep. So it helps when you have three or four people, you know, carrying the burden or the cost of whatever it is. Now it's not as big a deal, but more importantly, it's not just your network that you're inviting. Now you have three, four other people that are inviting people in their network that they know, you know, we're looking for a specific quality of person that's a decision maker, you know, they're a giver and they just, you know, they get it, so to speak. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think those are you know key things to do. And then to your point as well, I have, you know, I'm old school, so I still do like the Excel spreadsheets, but I have a tab <laughs> for each of the groups that I'm a part of. And I put in what the initial investment is and then any money I spend throughout the year on it. But I also track, you know, who gives me business and what kind of business comes from that. So again, it's like you were saying, now we have an actual metric that we can measure and say, okay, my $1,500 investment in this group got me $11,000 last year. I am re-signing up for that. that right. That's a good ROI. Or you might be like, man, I spent three grand on this one and didn't get a lick of business. Now, again, you got to give most things at least a year to see like and develop those relationships. It's not yeah. going to usually happen right away. Um, but those are just some things to keep in mind if you're networking or if you're trying to sell maybe your company on getting you into these you know, different events. Those are just some tools to use. Yeah, it's the, you know, uh, one of our buddies always says it low and, low and slow, right? Oh, it's that crock pot method. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. yeah. It's, it's that whole method. You're not going to go into an event and um, just run out with business. And, right. you know, also um, when weighing, you know, the, the value of that group or whatever, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be 
um, direct business. You know, mm -hmm. it could be um, somebody that you meet that introduces you to somebody who's now your biggest referral source. You yeah. know, so you, you gotta you never know kind of thing. It's spider webs, so you get you definitely got to keep that in mind as well. Um, but uh, another thing to go back on, and, and you're great at this, and you kind of brought it up with the whole you know uh, when I when I when I said that um, that. Uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> when, when I said that, um, you know, you're not just like, oh, how's business kind of thing. Yeah. You're, you're getting into, you know, you're forming that relationship and getting into more of that. Like who who is that person, you know, and not just what they do and how business is because everybody's going to give you the probably they're going to give you the same answer as good. Yeah. Good or busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's the yeah, busy too. Yeah. That's the other one. Um, so, you know, really finding those common denominators of, you know, what's a common interest um, that I have with that person that I can connect on um, because it just makes it so much easier to kind of get in with that person and, and form that relationship. Absolutely. You know? so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, for example, when I met you, um, we went to sports, then we went to shoes, then we went to uh, golf and, you know, we find all these common things and we're like, oh, you know, he does a lot of the same stuff I do. And, you know, then naturally it kind of forms the relationship. Um, so trying to dig deep and finding those things and a good way to do that is, you know, maybe not at an event. Um, you can talk through it somewhat in an event and kind of find that. And then like, I'll try to remember that for next time I see them. Um, but definitely in the one-to-one, -one, you know, um, my goal in the one-to-one -one and just some tips for people that, that are doing these one-to-ones or, or trying to get into it um, is like, I try to spend more time on that person than I spend on myself. Like, I'll just go in like, hey, you know, Justin, nice, nice to see you, man. Thanks for coming to the one to one meeting. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, mm -hmm. when did you get started in the business? And so I kind of just like hit them with a question and then let them just keep going and then ask them another question that, you know, steer in the conversation to to where where we need to go. I mean, then naturally with the rule of respir 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 reciprocity, <laughs> um, you know, then they're going to naturally ask like, it's similar questions back or, mm -hmm. you know, where if that person, you know, I'll bring up like, what do you like to do in your free time? And they bring up, oh, I'm golfing. And, oh, I love golf. You know, I, I was just at uh, uh, Riverwinds, you know, earlier this week. Um, and then you can kind of, you know, play off of that. So, you know, that's one thing with one of the ones you got to, you know, um, try to dig in more than just like, what's the ideal client, you know, and, and you know, standard business questions. I couldn't agree more because, again, it's all about like know and trust, right? I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with people and yeah, I bring up that two of my four kids are on the autism spectrum and like they either have a kid that's also on the spectrum or yeah. they have a family member or a friend with it. And then like I can be that resource or that outlet. I can help them through you know, whether they need ABA therapist or they need like an attorney or just they just need somebody to talk to because they're yeah. not sure of what to do. Then out of nowhere, you build this rapport that has nothing to do with business, but it brings a whole nother set of value to people. And then, like you said, through the laws of reciprocity, then it's almost psychologically they're like, man, Justin has done all these things for like the well-being of my family. I, he's going to be top of mind. When I hear oh, the word payroll, payroll I'm going to yeah. be like, oh, you, Justin's the man. Right. And they don't even have to fully understand what I do. Yeah. It's just that they know I'm the payroll guy yep. and they know that I'm there to help solve problems outside of just what I do for a living. Yep. And that's why I was saying you have to ask the right questions 
because too often, you know, th there's going to be so many other levels. Like that's, I think we both do a good job of that on social media. We share a lot about our lives because you might not need insurance right now, but you might need a, a gym, you know, a workout, or you might need some nutritional tips, or you might be into cars or, you know, all these things. So we give people kind of a catalog of items to talk to us about when they see us in, in public. Because how often does that happen to you? Somebody brings up a post and they're like, oh, I saw XYZ or I saw that you guys were doing or so you moved to Woodstown. Oh, I love it down there. You're like, yeah. yeah and those like, are the ideal icebreakers, yep. right? It's like you just you get to have a real conversation because too often when it's just what do you do for a living? It becomes just like superficial. Let's just both pretend like we're crushing it because most people don't want to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's it's really a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. And so, then you just get lumped in with all the other payroll guys. Exactly right. <laughs> the guy is a payroll guy. He does payroll. <laughs> Everybody's going to say they do great at it. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to be like, you know what? Our I systems kind of suck. Yeah, yeah. I'm a really good sales guy, but I'm not going to service that client at all. So, yeah, you, know, you should send them to me, though. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll pay you for it. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, that's it. You're not going to set yourself apart. Whereas, like, if you're helping them in other aspects of life, like you said, they're going to 100% think of you. And, you know, we're... Um, we're testaments of it. Like, you know, I, I, I know for a fact that I've, and I, you know, could show like messages of people that, you know, will message off of a, like a gym post or something I, mm -hmm. I do. Then it goes into, oh, how you been, man? And then it just kind of goes from there, yeah. you know, or um, someone will reach out and, and say, oh, I just saw you post about that. Actually, I need my homeowners looked at. Mm -hmm. um, when I didn't even post about homeowners insurance, I was like talking about, you know, whatever it was like a car or something, you yeah. know? So, you know, that's definitely something to to try is dig deeper um, in, in your conversations um, and don't just like, st you know, stay at the surface. It's like the the image of the iceberg that you mm -hmm. always see. You know, there's that little iceberg on the top and then you look at the bottom. It's like massive. Oh, yeah. You know, that's no, so, so true because you don't know what's important to people. And if all I talk about is payroll and that's not on your agenda at all, then again, it's just a waste. Yep. But if I ask you 13 questions and I find out that you have X, Y, and Z going on and I can give you a resource, that's a real connection. 100%. Like the business connections are cool, but it's like we've talked about before. I think I've used this saying, you know, the deposits to the bank account compared to the deposits to the soul. There's something about being able to you know, really inject value back into somebody that's not your line of work. Yeah. When you can help somebody with the fitness stuff or you can help kind of talk a father, you know, through like this is what it's going to be like when you take your four kids to the beach. Like it's just <laughs> those are like invaluable things. Like there's no parenting handbook. Right. So like yeah. you need sometimes that information from somebody. So don't be afraid to share, guys ask much better questions and get out there. Take the be action. Vulnerable. Yeah, be vulnerable. It's vulnerable and authenticity or vulnerability and authenticity will always be the two things that win because that's the differentiator. So many people wear masks, don't give you their authentic self and eventually you get found out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like um, an example is like we as Americans love you know, stories like Rudy, mm -hmm. you know, that that um, vulnerable story of the guy who's not making it and then works his ass off and, and he got there. Whereas opposed and Brady, same thing, you know, yeah. high draft pick, um, become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, but then, you know, back to we spoke about him before or um, I think we were talking offline about like Johnny football. Um, like people hated that guy because, you know, he wasn't vulnerable. He was like, you know, just kind of showing off and, and all that stuff. And, you know, being vulnerable and, and that underdog type story, you know, 
just we gravitate towards absolutely you know as people and people want to root for that they don't the guy who's cocky and you know, seems to be living a larger life than he is we usually you know we get turned off by that a lot of times yep yeah 100 percent. so well man that was uh that was quick we're pretty much here at time yeah. um it was awesome doing it another episode with just me and you so uh just for the future um we're gonna have some guests on in the next few and you know we'll try to get um try to make it a little bit of a habit to get just me and you in because we didn't really touch too much into the network and i mean we we kind of struck on a surface level yeah but um but yeah, man, why don't you, uh, anything to part with? Uh, as always, friends, you know what it is. Best day ever. And make sure, like, subscribe, follow, do all the things. Favorite platform, YouTube. I prefer YouTube. I like seeing these handsome faces. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But the audio YouTube is probably is pretty cool, too, if you don't have I'm an audio guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm an audio guy because it's easy driving. You know, pull up your Spotify, pull up your Apple Podcasts and give us a listen. You heard, if you heard something on one of the summary uh, episodes, um, that you liked, go back to that episode, give it a listen. Um, it stands the test of time. It's not like we're going over news or stuff that, you know, is stale. Um, we're hitting on, you know, many different points that um, you can definitely go back and listen and grab some stuff, some key points from, and, you know, make sure you have your notebook with you because uh, I definitely learned a ton and, and all that good stuff. So that's right. So thanks for being with us, Outliers. Make it the best day ever. Best day ever, fam. Yeah.